Every day of your life, you're drinking dinosaur pee. A Korean spa was ordered to remove the biological women-only policy, and four children survive for 40 days in the Amazon following a plane crash. These are the weird stories for Tuesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian inside a closet. (laughs) Yeah. Every day, we're drinking dinosaur pee. The average American drinks four cups of water every day, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. That is far short of the recommended eight glasses of water every day, which is what they recommend. Well, you don't have to make me feel bad about it, U.S. Department of Agriculture. I'm doing my, my best with the four cups of water every day as an average American. I'll step it up. I'll step up my game. Maybe I won't step up my game if I'm drinking dinosaur urine. Now, if you're drinking eight glasses of water every day, that's the equivalent to around four cups of dinosaur pee, they say. I don't know where they're getting these stats. The water doesn't look yellow coming out of my tap in Los Angeles. It smells funny, though. It doesn't smell like pee, but I, you know, I put it through a filter, my Berkey filter. Uh, I think my Berkey filter covers dinosaur urine. I'll have to look that up, though. It says whether it is tap, filtered, bottled, sparkling, or sourced from the Himalayan glaciers and sparkled with some gold dust, you are just actually drinking the liquid wastes of ancient beasts. That's according to science. A video explaining this theory on YouTube says a very small percentage of all the water in our world is available for drinking purposes, but it is still a huge amount of water to provide for the needs of every human being that has ever walked on the surface of the earth for the last 200,000 years. Every year, around 120,000 cubic miles of water, which is the equivalent of 42 superior lakes, falls down on Earth and constantly flows through our rivers, lakes, ground reservoirs, and everywhere else it passes through, including inside the guts of people and animals that drink it. That's quite shocking and uh, disgusting (laughs) to know that I'm drinking rat pee and and bat pee. Even worse, I probably drank a little bit of pee that came out of... Hitler. Oh, oh no. I I can't bear the idea that I'm drinking Hitler urine. Some of us are anyways. It says here, what do the dinosaurs have to do with all of this? Unlike humans who have been on Earth for only a tiny fraction of the 186 million years that dinosaurs ruled this planet, the beasts were here far longer than we have ever been. In that long span of time, it's very likely that the dinosaurs have drunk all the water available back then. And all the water available now is simply water that has passed through a dinosaur's kidneys and made its way through the never-ending water cycle. We have a quote from one of these nerds in the story. Well, humans consume a whole lot of water, guys. But our species hasn't had the numbers or time to process a large portion of the Earth's water. Dinosaurs, on the other hand, had a long time to drink that water. You know, the Mesozoic era, which is the reign of the dinosaurs, lasted for 186 million years. That gave them time to drink all the water. So while most molecules in your 8-ounce glass have never been drunk by another human being, almost every single molecule has been drunk in the past by a dinosaur of some sort. There's also an author in this story. Charles Fisherman wrote The Big Thirst, The Secret Life and Turbulent Future of Water. Charles says water molecules are extremely resilient, and it's likely that all water molecules present now on Earth were the same water molecules available for billions, billions, and billions of years. All the water on Earth has been through a dinosaur kidney. Every bottle of Evian you drink 
is actually Tyrannosaurus Rex P. All the water on Earth has been here for 4.5 billion years. It's all toilet to tap at some level. This guy seems really thrilled that we're all drinking Brontosaurus pee. I might not be because I have a Berkey water filter. This isn't sponsored by Berkey, but I just love Berkey. I'm going to their website here to find out if the filter takes out the Tyrannosaurus Rex pee. I believe it handles chlorine. It says it, it takes out a lot of waterborne contaminants. Uh, doesn't say anything about dinosaur pee. I need to call Berkey and find out. I might have to get like a special filtration add-on, you know, to cover the dinosaur urine and the Hitler urine. Oh, I forgot to say, it's the sound of urine. I mean, science. Yay! A Korean spa is ordered to remove the biological women-only policy. A Korean spa located in Washington state that had nudity in some areas of the spa was forced to remove its biological women-only policy by a Seattle court earlier this week. Olympus Spa has branches in Linwood and Tacoma, Washington. They were hit with a discrimination complaint by a transgender woman after the business refused her membership application. The basis for the denial of her application was that she has not undergone gender reassignment surgery. So it sounds to me like she she might have some man parts still. The spa, which features the experience of Korea's traditional sex-segregated bathhouses, which are called Jimmy 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 um, <laughs> that means a uh, sex segregated bathhouses in case you're wondering they responded by maintaining their women only policy in a statement the owner Myun Woon Lee and President Sun Lee said they are quote unwilling to remake the Jim Jimmy Jim Jimmery Jim Jimmery Jim Jim Jabang that they've worked very hard over many years to build and preserve this particular specific spa simply for the sake of promoting gender neutrality they will not remake their spa they also cited their christian faith and their decision to keep the policy okay well you're right everybody's dragging christianity into it at that point it's really unnecessary i mean i think we could just go with uh, biology here if you got a penis you probably shouldn't be allowed in the women's only changing area I mean, that might upset some of the customers, but let's keep reading. I mean, I'm open to be convinced otherwise. The Seattle court ruled against the spa, saying this was discrimination. In a settlement agreement to avoid prosecution, the commission ordered the spa to remove the term biological women from its website. The business was also forced to make staff members attend an inclusivity training as well, uh, saying here that this Olympus Spa is the third Korean spa in the last two years to come under fire over actions against trans customers. In 2021, Los Angeles-based We Spa went viral after a female customer filmed her confrontation with staff over a pre-op trans guest who had been allegedly exposing her penis in front of women and girls. That turned out to be registered sex offender Darren Aji Miraja, who was arrested. (laughs) So this person was just legitimately trying to cause an uproar in the spa. Earlier this year, trans customer Alexander Gobert sued King Spa in New Jersey for allegedly denying her access to the women's section as well. Wow, this is a very tricky situation. It's confusing. There's a lot to unpack here. It's a nightmare.
on the one hand, I'm, I'm confused by, you know, I thought a private business could set their own rules and regulations. Apparently that's not true uh, in the U.S. Also, I think to accuse these establishments of trans person discrimination is a little off the mark. I think what they're trying to just do here is set up a, an environment where there's no dong and balls. You know, they don't want a dong and balls in the ladies' shower. They don't want dong and balls in the ladies-only spa. They don't want dong and balls in the hot tub. And ladies want that too, clearly. Otherwise, they wouldn't sign up for a women-only spa, which I do see them. And uh, I think there should be places where they can avoid a dong and balls, personally. Naturally, that might make that some of them uncomfortable. And they're paid members of the establishment. And, you know, there are other places that a dong and balls person can go and derobe and hang out in spas. You know, there are other businesses that cater to that. Um, and so to force a women's only establishment to make some changes and to, uh, you know, hand down fines and whatnot. I don't know. I just don't like it. Maybe you guys disagree. Call the show 646-450-2012. After a plane crash, four children survived for 40 days in the jungle. The story is from Colombia. Four indigenous children who disappeared 40 days ago after surviving a small plane crash in the Amazon jungle were found alive, Colombian authorities announced, ending an intense search that gripped the nation. The children were alone when searchers found them and are now receiving medical attention, thankfully. We have the president of Colombia, Gustavo Petro, who told the media that the youngsters are an example of survival and that their saga will remain in their country's history. What a miracle. How did they survive? It says here, cassava flour and some familiarity with the rainforest's fruits were key to the children's extraordinary survival in an area where snakes, mosquitoes, and other animals abound. Cassava flour. Huh. Got to look up cassava flour. It says here it's a gluten-free flour made from the tuber cassava, which is native to South America and grown in tropical and subtropical environments. Oh, these crafty kids using what they find in the forest to keep on going, making cassava flour mango cakes or whatever they were doing. <laughs> uh, these kids are from South America. It says they're indigenous, so they have some knowledge of the flora and fauna of the Amazon jungle, I assume. If this was American children. They wouldn't have lasted one day. It's just, they can't last a day without their TikTok. Never mind. <laughs> Figure out how to make cassava cakes in the Amazon. All right. It says also here, members of the Huitoto people. That's what they were. Huitoto, part of a tribe. They were 13, 9, 4 years, and 11 months old. There was a, an 11-month-old baby with them. They are expected to remain for a minimum of two weeks at a hospital, receiving treatment after their rescue. President assures everyone the children's condition is very acceptable. They are, of course, being rehydrated and can't eat food yet, it says. They were traveling with their mother from the Amazonian village of Araracarara. Araracarara? Araracarara. Darn! Man, I can never get these right. It's an Amazon village, okay? That's what it is. It says here, the Cessna single-engine propeller plane was carrying three adults and the four children when the pilot declared an emergency due to engine failure. The small aircraft 
fell off the radar a short time later, and a search for survivors began. Following the crash, it says they took out a farina, and with that, they survived. The farina is uh, the cassava flour that people eat in the Amazon region. After the farina ran out, they began to eat seeds. Timing was in the children's favor. Um, they say the youngsters were also able to eat fruit because the jungle was in harvest season. Lucky for them. Now, the uh, army general who was in charge of the rescue efforts said that the children were found five kilometers, about three miles away from the crash site in a small forest clearing. He said the rescue teams had passed within 20 to 50 meters of where the children were found on a couple of occasions, but had missed them because the rainforest in that area is very, very dense. There's a video showing the helicopter using lines to pull the youngsters up out of the forest canopy. It says here they actually found the wreckage of the plane only two weeks after the crash, and along with that, they recovered the bodies of the three adults that were on board, but the small children were nowhere to be found, thus beginning their hunt in the forest for them. And fortunately, the, the finding and the eventual rescue of the children, which is a feel-good story here, I like that. Sadly, the adults all perished, but the children were found, and they're going to be okay. I love stories like this, and, uh, you know, the perseverance of small children. I mean, we're talking all of them 13 years and younger to survive over a month in the Amazon. This is just unbelievable. And I'm, and I'm grateful. Oh, do you promise the news? The whole news, nothing but the news. Oh, that's right. And it's weird, baby. How you guys doing? Just checking in with you, checking on your temperature. You feeling good? All right. You enjoying this Weird AF News episode? I hope so. If you haven't subscribed yet, please consider doing so. But just be aware, it's weird news five days a week and on Friday only from Florida. So that's, that's what's going on here. Some of the jokes are good and they land. Other jokes, they're not, they're not so great. I admit it. Uh, I know what I am. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't have the money to hire writers yet. Okay, so, But if you want to change that, you can uh, go to my website, weirdafnews.com, and buy Jonesy coffee and at least keep me caffeinated enough to try the jokes. So that's helpful. You can also join the Patreon. That's a good way to support the show. Patreon.com slash weirdafnews or download the Patreon app on your phone. Do a search for weirdafnews. And I support the show that way. Uh, or do none of those things and just listen and, and be a person. That's pretty cool, too. Uh, what else did I want to say? Oh, I got some phone calls. I'm going to publish some messages from listeners. I get uh, voicemails from them. And you can, you can leave a voicemail yourself if you'd like. The number is 646-450-2012. Don't be shy. If you'd like to email me, it's funnyjones at gmail.com. You can follow me on the Instagram at funnyjones. That's right. And you can send me DMs if you'd like. If you come across a funny, weird news article, you want to send it to me, no problem. Send it on over. I also post my upcoming stand-up comedy gigs on my Instagram. On Thursday evening, I'll be at the Improv in Hollywood. If you'd like to go to that, I'll put the details on my Instagram, at Funny Jones. All right, I'll keep it brief because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to publish some phone calls after this. Okay, 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 bye-bye. Hi, Jonesy. Um, this is Hannah. I'm really sorry about all the messages. I was watching the documentary, and I heard that, like, it's possible that Natalia could be a child and that the family went to court to give her a new birth year of 1989 so that they wouldn't have to take care of her. And um, I heard that they put her in an apartment by herself on the second floor in a really high crime area, and she couldn't climb up to the second floor to get to her apartment, and they would give her groceries like every two months. 
But then when CPS was called, we started giving her groceries more often. And, like, her father would interrogate her about this box of donuts and who gave her the donuts and when and where the donuts came from. And so, yeah, there's, like, she could be a child. She was probably not a child. Nobody really knows. But either way, the family treated her really badly. And I also heard that, you know, they beat her, and that was possibly why she was, like, threatening them with a knife and trying to kill the mom and, you know, urinating on her siblings and throwing their toy cars into the street. So who knows? I mean, either way, the family treated her badly, and you should mistreat someone, whether they're an adult or a child. Um, But, yes, that is what I heard. And... That is just really depressing, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sign off with, you know, the usual goodbye that people end with, so, goodbye! Josie! Moon Juba here. Oh man, your callers are so weird. (laughs) I mean, Hannah, honey, I don't think you have ADHD. Like, there's nothing hyperactive about you. But I do understand the whole, like, not being able to um, hang on every word. And sometimes I have to listen to, you know, your news a couple of times. And then I forget, and I have to listen again, and I have to make sure that I'm not impaired. So, you know, that might take a little while, but, um, yeah. Hey, I do know one thing. If you can find a hill to fall off and die in Alabama, then good luck with your life, man. Konnichiwa, Jonesy. This is Toshiyuki Nino, and uh, I am the man whose business you spoke about yesterday on your podcast. I am the Japanese man who built the business called Exit. I create exit strategies for Japanese people who are too embarrassed to leave their job, too shy, too timid, and my last name is Nino, but I come in like El Nino. I come in like a wrecking ball. Now, you might be wondering about my name and my background. Well, my parents were diplomats in the United States of America, and they were there until I was 10 years old. So I was raised American with a Virginian accent, and my parents emigrated back to Japan. And so I have this accent because of where I was raised, and I was a little bit out of place in Japan, but I retained this accent. Now, you might be expecting me to speak like, oh, thank you very, very much. I am Japanese, and I will uh, kowtow to you and be very, very timid and speak to you like I'm, like, instead of R, they say L and say, uh, very, very much, and have a jolly, jolly J. And No, that ain't me, Jonesy. I come in like, just like you said. When I come in, I come in, I kick down that door, and I say, take this job and shove it, pretty much like you said. 
I've got power of attorney for my clients. And when I come in there, I can sign any paperwork. I come in like a wrecking ball. They call me not Toshiyuki Nino. I come in like El Nino. And when I come in there, I'm raising hell and spitfire. And they know their client has quit. You talked about Kuroshi. Well, that's where people are work till the end of their death and till the end of their lives, and they don't have any spirit left because their bosses have demeaned them and sucked any energy out of them and any spirit. They work them till they die, and that ain't going to be my clients, Jonesy. Kuroshi, well, that's because they've corroded any spirit out of them, and they don't have any life energy or the power or the will to speak up and stand up for themselves. These people are cockroaches by the time that they are at the end of their life, and that just ain't right, Jonesy. So I come in there and I provide an exit strategy for them to get out and live their lives and go about their business and leave their job if they want to. Now, I ain't into this part of the business where they're breaking up with their girlfriends, but if they want to leave their job, I guarantee you that they can do it. And by the time I leave, they, their bosses know that they done quit. So anyways, if you want to leave your job and you can contact exit because we got the exit strategy for you. So I would just say to you, Jonesy, good luck with your life, man, because I give a good life to these Japanese men who are too pussy to do it on their own. I provide an exit strategy for them, and when these bosses leave, uh, leave I leave, they know that they done been quit. So take it easy, man. Good luck with your life.